Hey everyone, today we have a special guest, Taylor Dickerson, who is an agent out in San Antonio. And some of you may be wondering, are there agents available who can actually really help investors? And Taylor is just that person. So welcome Taylor to Analytics Ariel channel. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Thanks for being here. Yeah, being an investor friendly agent is not always as common as those would think. And you really hit the nail there. Before we dive into that piece, how you work with investors. Love to just hear a little bit more about your background, how you got into real estate and San Antonio, the market. Yeah, sure. So uh, I was actually born and raised here in San Antonio. So, uh, you know, I kind of know the, the town like the back of my hand. Uh, I started in a home improvement company, uh, just doing, you know, the vinyl siding and windows and patio covers and uh, I was, you know, at first I was just doing the marketing for it. And a lot of that really just sent me all around town. I mean, and I would walk up and down streets. I would knock on doors. And uh, I actually did that for almost 10 years, believe it or not. Wow. And I mean, and that's going in the heat of the day. I mean, it gets hot in San Antonio. And some of those summer months were just unbearable. But, um, you know, and so that that at least kind of got my toes wet in just understanding all of the different neighborhoods, the different dynamics of the um, uh, areas of, and sides of town. And then it also kind of correlated with the construction aspect of it. So um, I ended up going to college at uh, University of Texas, San Antonio and majored in finance and economics. And that's kind of when I first fell in love with just investments in general. You know, it started with stocks, it started with bonds and uh, eventually later came real estate. Um, but once I graduated, uh, I got a couple of, you know, corporate jobs and, um, eventually I was like, you know, I got to get back out and do something on my own, you know, and I'd always thought about real estate because, you know, I kind of come from that back when I was in high school working that, you know, construction job. Um, and so eventually I just said, you know, what? I'm going to do it and see what happens. You know, I mean, I hear lots of success stories. I also hear lots of horror stories and I'm just. <laughs> gonna throw my uh throw my 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 uh, fishing pole out there and just see what bites you know let's see what happens and um it one of my friends had a rental property that he wanted to just go ahead and get rid of he was just tired of being a landlord and uh so I went ahead and was like you know you'll be my first client I hope I uh don't screw this up but let's do it so we listed it got it sold and, uh, you know, I kind of learned just baby stuff, uh, you know, like that, which it's not hard, but that kind of made me start thinking about landlords. And now, you know, maybe there's a lot more people out there like him that have a, you know, property that they're just tired of uh, being a landlord or they're just tired of, uh, you know, the tenants and dealing with them. So uh, then I started, you know, trying to market towards those people um, and, 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 developed a number of clients uh, that were landlords or looking to become landlords even, and uh, kind of started finding my niche. And that's what I think a lot of people when I was first getting into real estate said is that you're going to find a niche. And um, I didn't really quite understand what that was meaning back, back then. Um, but as I, as I really just kind of naturally started, the dominoes started falling in place, that was what was happening is that I was taking my, what I knew from investments from studying it. UTSA and finance and economics and just applying that with real estate. And it was like, 
you know, the clouds had parted and now I, all of a sudden I understood what I was supposed to be doing. Like yeah. I was supposed to be that agent for investors. And there's, I mean, it's a whole different world. It really is. It's a whole different world between dealing with uh, investors and dealing with just retail clients, like people that are just looking to buy a house and that's just going to be their home. And, uh, you know, while those are sometimes the easier clients, um, I, I really, I just didn't like, I mean, it's not that I don't like helping people find a home to live in, right? But I just, it became more exciting to me to find houses that were going to be profitable investments that were going to make money for people rather than just being like a house, which I mean, a house, right. it's, it makes people money as, as a wealth generator and creator and all that. But for flips and, and landlording stuff, like that was just a whole nother level. And then understanding the finance behind it and the math and building yeah. spreadsheets and all that good stuff. That was really got, that got my, yeah, it got me excited. <laughs> you know, like I got my juices flowing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then I just kept working at it. I started, uh, you know, developing a larger and larger clientele base. And, um, before I know it, you know, I was able to just kind of be on my own and, uh, um, just work almost a hundred percent for, uh, investor clients. And they just kept, keep coming back to me and keep asking me, Hey, I need you to sell this property. I need you to find mm -hmm. me some more properties. And, uh, definitely the hardest part is always finding them. So yeah. that's kind of where I reached out to you and said, Ariel, I have an idea. Can you do this? And right. there you were like a little knight in shining armor, saving my day <laughs> and uh, building some amazing tools for me to use and, and really uh, help my clients, you know, get to that next level. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that and super excited in part two to go over more in detail about that tool. Uh, but going back to what you were saying and how you really were able to build out your investor clientele, did it start off more locally and then expand to investors out of state or what's the split there? Yeah. I mean, almost all of the investors I work with um, are local, but a lot of the deals we source sometimes come from out of state. Uh, wholesalers, for example, or just people that have moved out of state. And that's why they're selling is because, you know, they, maybe they were a landlord here in San Antonio. And then they're like, hey, but we're old now. We want to live in Florida. And not, no offense <laughs> to you living in Florida, but yeah. uh, <laughs> they want to go hang out with you instead of me. And they're like, I can't manage this property anymore because I'm too far away or whatever. Right. So, you know, they just want to get rid of it, take the cash out and, uh, you know, use it for other things. So that's, that's where we come in and help them get it listed and sold. Uh, but then also on the same flip side of that, there's a lot of people coming to San Antonio from California and New yeah. York and all these people just have so much money. I'm like, man, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's inflating our prices of property and they're looking to buy, like some of my first clients actually were from California. They were nurses. And um, they just ended up buying two properties with me. And then they came back a year later, bought two more properties with me. And then a year later, came back, bought more. I'm like, man, you guys just have like an endless <laughs> supply of money out there. I love it. And they're like, well, yeah. you're finding us good deals. So why would we not? <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. If I could go back, I would have definitely been a travel nurse. One of like yeah. the best careers right now. For sure. Yeah. I get to see the world, help people. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's great. Great Definitely. job. Great job. So as you are, you know, you have these properties that you're dealing with that um, investors may be looking to sell. Do you ever pick these properties up for your own portfolio as well? 
Um, no, so surprisingly not. A lot of people always get bummed out when they hear, yeah, Taylor does not do investments on his own um, because primarily I don't, I feel like there's a bit of a conflict of interest that happens mm-hmm. when if I'm buying properties down, I should be delivering those to my clients, you know, right. and, and by realtor code, that's, you should always be putting that stuff up in front of your clients instead of you. I mean, you could always take it down if your clients don't want it, but you know, typically if my clients don't want it, I wouldn't want it either. So <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like, okay, I'm not going to take their sloppy seconds. Like it's not going to work, but yeah. Um, you know, but it's also just, I, all of my investments have always started with stocks and, and bonds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's 99% of my investments are stocks, but real estate is eventually something I'll get into, but I have a feeling I'm probably going to get into it in, uh, outside of San Antonio. It's probably okay. going to be, uh, I went to the Bahamas recently and the oh. Bahamas had, uh, a really bad hurricane hit, uh, one of their, their main islands. And the place just got decimated out there. It was almost, it was really sad to see actually, but um, you know, it's, it, it's just such a mess over there, but because of it, the prices of things were just ridiculously cheap over there. Mm-hmm. And there's zero conflict of interest in me picking up stuff in the Bahamas and not even licensing there. It's a whole other country. Yeah, so I'm, I've been looking at those opportunities and thinking like, this might be where I can, you know, start dipping my feet and taking what I've learned and bringing it over there and doing it for myself. Yeah. But that makes sense. And it makes sense. A, why that a, could be yeah. Yeah. And that's a 2022 goals for sure. So talk to me at the end of the year. We'll see. We'll see if I, uh, how many properties I own over there. Yeah. I'll definitely have to pick but, your brain about that in a later time frame. but going yeah. back to San Antonio market, I mean, growing up there working, um, like on your feet as a, in high school and being as an agent now, like you must have seen so much change over the last even 10 years, five years, right? In your it's market. Incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, I, I briefly went to Dallas for six months. I came back and like all the gas stations were completely a whole new name. You know, wow. it's just, <laughs> I was like, what city is this? What, who, who is Valero? But because um, when I left, they're all Diamond Shamrock. And then, uh, but I mean, the place just keeps expanding and expanding and getting larger and growing outwards. And I'm just like, I mean, it's, it's great to see that kind of growth in the city. And, you know, I don't know if that's normal because uh, I have, you know, never really lived anywhere else, but uh, I would guess that it's not. I mean, we are just going gangbusters out here. Yeah. So, when it comes to like top 10 growing cities, San Antonio somehow always makes. We're usually, 10. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're usually on it. I think this year we're, uh, I think it was like sixth or fifth for uh, the largest population increase. So. Wow. Yeah. A lot of Northeast people coming down as well as West coast. So definitely yeah. a mix. So yeah. say if someone's, you know, pretty fresh into investing, they're don't look that they don't feel like they're going to do it in their own market. They're looking at outside markets. What would be like a reason to entice them to maybe look to invest in San Antonio? Um, Okay. There's a couple of variables there. One, um, we used to have very cheap labor. Um, Being very close to Mexico, we do get a lot of migrant workers and they work very cheaply. Um, They do great work, uh, especially if you have a good, you know, trainer or teacher for them. Um, but we also just have a lot of old houses 
And that's another aspect of it is like, this is a very old city. When you go downtown, the main thing that you want to go see is the Alamo. I mean, and that's been there since like forever, 18, 17, yeah. I don't know. Don't even ask me the date, <laughs> but <laughs> I should probably know. But it's just that, and, and San Antonio is very big on preserving that historic aspect of it. And uh, because of that, though, a lot of these houses have really, you know, aged and, and the people that lived in them did not keep up with them. And we have a great supply of um, houses that need work. And, uh, you know, a good portion of the city is starting to undergo a little bit of gentrification because of that. Mm -hmm. Some people like it, some people don't. You know, I'm not going to take sides on that argument. But um, Austin, not too far from us, uh, definitely underwent that process. And yeah now Austin's becoming very, very expensive as a city to live in. And San Antonio is just now starting to make a little bit of that push. And so as that happens, I, I would not be surprised in the least to see us follow Austin in the mm -hmm. next five to 10 years and experience that same level of, of price appreciation um, because we have very similar uh, attributes at, you know, Austin have it being a very old town as well. Yeah. So um you know, to see everything become new again takes money, takes mm -hmm. investment. And we are getting that those funds to not only just uh, fix up the houses, but just to fix up the general infrastructure around here. Nice. I mean, we're, we're, we had a, a, an old brewery here called the Pearl Brewery. And I mean, it hadn't produced beer in I don't know how long. It was just a rundown, you know, area essentially. Mm -hmm. And big bucks came into that thing. And now it's like, it was bigger than it's ever been before. I mean, it's like the main, it's one of the main attractions whenever wow. you come here is to go to the Pearl Brewery. And what the city's really saw, the city learned from that is that we can take all these old things and make them new again. And mm -hmm. we're, and the city's going to start pumping money in towards uh, those, towards doing those initiatives. And, um, and as the city does it, so do private investors and uh, it's a win-win for everybody. So, um, and we've got big business coming here. Uh, Tesla is going to be not too far from here. Um, awesome. Yes. Yeah, SpaceX is not that far away either. It's a little bit further down South, but um, yeah, we've just got a lot of big things going for not only the city, the state, but just everything around us. I mean, I, I it's, it's hard to create an argument against investing in San Antonio in this general area. Yeah, that's really incredible. I had to make my way over to San Antonio at some point, but just going to your point of seeing something that's a little bit older and like being revitalized is pretty amazing. That's also what's happened in the Tampa areas of the last several years. So I think both will have a lot of growth in the future. Yeah. Uh, but outside being a real estate agent, what else do you do for fun or hobbies that you try to occupy your time with? Sure. Uh, so I have a dog. Uh, she's a little border collie. She's about 10 years old and <laughs> I'm looking at her now. She just, she hates being on camera. It's like it, you <laughs> pull out your phone to take a picture and she runs away. It's kind of, it's always sad. Everybody's like, I want to see what she looks like. I'm like, I can't get a picture of her. Same life. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, you know, I, I got the pub and we run around, we play, uh, play at the park and stuff like that. Um, I mean, really investing or not investing, but real estate in general and, and, that it does take up a good amount of my time. So I don't I really say that I have much hobbies outside of real estate, to be quite honest with you. But um, 
if, if I'm not doing real estate, I'm looking at stocks and it's, it's mm-hmm. one or the other, to be honest, I'm kind of a boring guy like that. But. No, that's, that's super interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and say if someone else like was interested in becoming an agent and maybe also working with investors in their own market, what are some like tips or resources you may suggest to them? Um, I mean, I would say, give me a call actually. And I can, yeah. I can, I can share some tips and tricks of uh, the trade and how I kind of first really started developing my clientele. But number one thing is to always get education, you know, uh, and there's unlimited amounts of education out there, especially on YouTube. There's tons of uh, former agents or current agents or current investors that are out there always just putting up YouTube videos and uh, spreading the wealth of information that they have. Um, So get educated first and foremost. Second of all, maybe find a mentor, find somebody to, uh, you know, kind of show you the ropes and and make sure that you don't screw up because you can. Um, But definitely having like a support system around you and people to, to kind of confirm what you're thinking helps. Um, And then third and third and last, I think would just be to get out there and go do it. Yeah. You know, take a, just, just put your foot out there, see what happens. Yeah, I completely agree. Almost in everything that you do, especially in the field of real estate, it's like you need to get your feet wet at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us just learn, try to try to build up a, a, as much preparation as you can. And then once you're yeah. prepared, go do it. Yeah, exactly. So Taylor, if someone wants to reach out to you, whether they want to invest within San Antonio or just ask questions in general of becoming an agent and working with investors, how can they reach you or follow you? Um, so I go by the house hawk, uh, which is a whole nother story. I'll give you some other time, but the house hawk.com is, uh, my website. Uh, or if you want to get a hold of me, it's a pretty easy number to remember, uh, 210, which is our area code 899-HAWK, H-A-W-K. So 210-899-4295. And, uh, you can get a hold of me almost night or day, 24 seven. If I don't answer, I'll call you right back. I'm just on the other line. Uh, text me, email me, thehousehawk at gmail.com, the househawk. That's it. Perfect. Well, thank you, Taylor, the househawk. Really appreciate your time and hope to see you again on the channel. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks. Awesome. So stop recording.